Welcome to How to Love Forever. In this episode, we enjoyed a conversation with writer, poet, and aspiring Antarctic janitor, Christine Jupp. She shares her perspective on ethical non-monogamy and the importance of being able to travel well with a partner. We learn what a glitter gringo is. (laughs) And she gives us goosebumps with a piece of spoken word poetry. All coming up right Right now. Hi, I'm Marco. And I'm Heather. We invite you on a journey of discovery as we explore techniques, tools, and inspiration to better our love lives and our sex lives. Join us as we travel the world, seeking out the stories that can help improve how we do romance and relationships. Come with us as we discover how how to to love love forever. Hi, love bunnies. Welcome to today's episode of How to Love Forever, the podcast that explores love, relationships, and sexuality. My name is Heather. And I'm Marco. In today's episode, we talk with writer and award-winning poet Christine Jupp. So we met Christine through a digital nomad group on Facebook, and it just turned out to be one of those kismet kind of connections. Mm-hmm. She is a fellow artist and a traveler in an E&M relationship with such a lovely perspective to share. Yes, and much like the variety-loving travelers we all are, our conversation went on a bit of a world tour, touching on her upcoming trip to South America, to her future goal of working in Antarctica, to the intricacies of maintaining healthy relationships. All of that and some amazing spoken word. Mm -hmm. We are so excited to share this episode with you. So without any further ado, here is our interview with the ever awesome Christine Jupp. Okay, so (laughs) welcome back to How to Love Forever show, everybody. Welcome, love bunnies. Ah, love bunnies. I thought we were going to be love puppies this week. Is it this week we're love puppies? Well, which one's more evolved, a puppy or a bunny? Uh, I'm going to go with puppies. Yeah, they've been like genetically engineered over, what, thousands of years? Oh, sure, and bunnies have not? Yeah, they're kind of, they may be cute, but they're kind of stupid. Oh my gosh. Speaking um, yeah, of kind of stupid. Of <laughs> speaking of kind of stupid, this is our second go around at starting this episode because I forgot to press record the last time. So everyone <laughs> in the audience can laugh at me now. Go ahead and throw popcorn at your podcast machine. Anyway, we are here and we are really excited to hang out with Christine Jupp. So, Heather, why don't you introduce Christine to us? Yeah, so welcome, Christine. Uh, Christine Jupp, pronounced like jump but without the m she is a copywriter and published poet she recently won the color is pride competition with her poem impressions and is currently featured on the moleshine website for their ongoing pride campaign as a bisexual artist while she is not professionally invested in relationships she has lived with five partners participating in strict monogamy completely open non-monogamy and (laughs) almost everything in between Excited to hear about all of it. Uh, you can read a collection of her creative writing through vocal.media slash authors slash Christine dash Jupp and reach out to her on Instagram at acorn sasquatch. That's uh, with sass two with S's. two S's because she puts two the S's. sass back in Sasquatch. The sassy squatch. <laughs> uh, and for our listeners, we will have links to uh, all of this in the show notes so you can check out all of her awesome work. That is right. Welcome to the show, Christine. Hey, Christine. Thanks for having me. Hi. How are you guys? Thank you. We're having a great time down here in Puerto Vallarta, forgetting to press record. (laughs) A little distracting around here with all the beach and sun and the beautiful sunsets and all of that. I know exactly what that's like. I miss it already up here in Portland. Hey, when did you leave Puerto Vallarta? Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, three days ago, I think. Oh, yeah, wow. just wow. visiting my boyfriend up here. He's a teacher. So unfortunately, we have to be separated for a while. But if I'm going to be in a part time long distance relationship, I might as well spend my distance part in Puerto Vallarta. So I'll be back soon. Tell us a little bit about the creative work that you do, especially your poetry. I'm really fascinated by you and your poetry. I want to hear it, please. It. Yes. Um, I've been writing poetry since, I mean, it's cliche, but always. And I recently, I was published for the first time, uh, Cascadia Rising Review, Mm. for two of my poems a few years ago. Um, Congratulations. Good start. Thank you very much. I was incredibly excited about it. Mm. Um, And I'm currently working on a poetry book. No release date yet, um, because I am an artist and I'm entirely unorganized. 
Um, and we know how uh, that yeah, smells. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'm a spoken word poet, so I definitely need to get more of my voice out there. Right now, everything is basically just written, but that's as far as. And then I'm a professional copywriter, you know, ad man. Not really as interesting as my poetry, but it's fun. Hmm. So is that how you keep yourself supported? Are you traveling? Are you, do you consider yourself a digital nomad then at this point? Yes, I do. I'm, I have been traveling pretty much full time. Well, I don't own anything except for what's in my backpack. So I would say that yeah, it's better than calling tell. myself homeless. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Professional <it's>, um, homeless. <laughs> no, absolutely. My home is wherever I lay my head and uh, I can find wonderful communities all over the world. I've been to 20 countries and I want to make this a permanent goal. My boyfriend and I will be leaving and going to South America to travel uh, starting in July. And I want to make it to Antarctica sometime in the near future by traveling down through South America. So Fantastic. Where in South America are you going to be? We'll be in Peru to start. Uh, I think we're going to spend about a month in Cusco and see how we like it and then go from there. But I'm not really much of a planner. I'm more of a buy the ticket and then let the place show you what it wants to. Right. No, I love right. it. So very organic with it. When you <laughs> when you envision your planning in South America uh, or your travel in South America, are you thinking that you're going to maybe country hop? Are you going to take buses down? Are you going to like go from Peru all the way down to Argentina? Like, how do you envision I, your your popping around? So uh, that's an interesting question because I my original goal was to do the entire journey. I don't think this is going to be my Antarctica journey. I think that's going to be a couple of years into the future. But what I want to do is start in Ecuador and go all the way down through without doing flight travel, Mm -hmm. everything else, completely land travel, just kind of as a statement for sustainability. And also just because I want to take pictures the whole time and write a book about my experience and, um, Hopefully, it'll be on your coffee table someday. Fantastic. I really look forward to that. Yeah. Full disclosure, we're going to be in Buenos Aires in a little while. So, you know, <gasps> wow. we might okay. well, be in the same part hi. of the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can uh, take cruises down to Antarctica from Argentina, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I don't know how involved you want your Antarctica trip to be. Are you planning on, like, I don't know, camping out just outside of McMurdo Station for a year or something, trying to fix your laptop? Oh. What? Are you just going like, <laughs> to spend, like... <laughs> I'm going to get a much better laptop before I do this. Like, one step at a time. From my understanding, all of the cruises take off uh, from Oshai. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's how you say it, but, you know, I haven't even gotten that far yet. I've even been looking, going so far as to look into possible jobs I could get in Antarctica working at the bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, my skill set is pretty limited as far as what they would need from me. So it would definitely be more of a manual labor kind of thing. Yeah, but, you're not an atmospheric um, archaeologist? I am not, no. Uh, not in my yet. long list of skill sets, that is not one of them, unfortunately. No, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. I really wish you luck on Thank your Antarctica you. journey when it does materialize. And of course, mm-hmm. in all your travels through South America, as it, they do materialize. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. To the meat of the matter, uh, let's yep. ask some questions because our uh, podcast is a little bit about relationships, romance, sexuality, how the three sort of connect in this 21st century postmodern world that we live in, post, post-neo, post neo, postmodern world <laughs> that we live in. Yeah. Figuring it out. Figuring it out. Well, and aren't we fortunate that we have the space and the freedom to really explore and discover what works for us personally without having to kowtow to any particular like structure or paradigm? Absolutely. It really... The evolution of the modern relationship has been something that's so fascinating, especially the way that it changed during the summer of love in the 1960s and everything and how it's evolved since then to now really like going from its infancy to now we're at least awkward teenagers, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I would say Probably, yeah, awkward teenagers. Is Some of way. us more than others. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, the structure of marriage in general being something that was for property and for financial gain and for procreation now in an environment which is, it's really post those needs in a lot of, in a lot of cases. So mm-hmm. we're allowed to 
um, find ourselves in what we really want with who we really want it. It's almost as if as we make our way to a post-scarcity society, we're finding the cultural freedom to really forego the traditions that were established in order to ensure the survival of the species. Yeah. Like that kind it's of like relationship strictures and all of that. And, mm-hmm. and it's how we define the things that we love or who we love or even, I mean, even defining itself is starting to go out the window for a lot of people. And that's a good, that's a great thing. Absolutely. It all started with the no labels. And uh, here we are now. Yeah, right. And uh, it's really funny that you talk about the 60s. Uh, For me, um, oh, what was that Mike Myers movie where he was a spy? Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So (laughs) when you talk about the history I mean, if you're talking about healthy relationships, of course, Austin Powers. Then you think think Austin Powers. Comes to mind, yeah, Oh, behave. Well, no, no, no. Because, like, (laughs) at the end of the first movie, there's this particular moral of the story that I really enjoy. And it totally elucidates what you're talking about in the progression from the 60s to now. Because he says, now we have freedom and responsibility. It's very groovy, yeah. baby, yeah. and and it's uh it's very much the sort of like the ethos of ENM, you know, yeah. ethical what, monogamy. What an interesting insight to pull from Austin Powers. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> ENM. And I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, you can find your philosophical wisdom in the back of a Cracker Jack box if you're looking hard. And I have, actually. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. (laughs) At least something similar. (laughs) Snapple, Cracker Jack, Mm. sure, Snickers. You know, a Snickers popsicle bar. sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why not? So why not Austin Powers? Well, yeah. And, and I do. I find it personally exciting and fascinating to think about how much further and how much more progress we'll make over the next 20 years. Or the next 300. Right. Well, yes. I don't know if I'll, I'll be around in, in 300. You never know. I'll hey, miss you. I am I am looking forward <laughs> to cellular regeneration therapy like a mo. So absolutely. Just throwing that out there to all the scientists. Heather is is ready and waiting. But yeah, no, it's going to be fascinating because what we're looking at now and how much better things are and and how much more open and how much more like self-empowering and and self-identifying we are currently and what it's going to be like for people in another generation. I mean, even just Generation Z, like there's Mm. so much progress that's been made in this past, like, as a millennial, watching these kids come up, graduate high school and everything, and just the freeform way they look at their own sexuality and gender identity and everything and how accepting they are of all of these things is really magical. It really it's is. something that I wish that I had experienced when I was their age. It's right? almost it's a, it's like a post-identifying generation almost, isn't it? Post-identity identity. I That's love it. it. Post-identity identity. <laughs> Very groovy, baby. Yeah, groovy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so considering that both you and your boyfriend uh, have enjoyed polyamorous relationships in the past, what prompted you to organize your current relationship as a mostly monogamous affair, if that is what I understand? Mostly monogamous affair would be correct. I did make out with a female bartender at the airport on the way to Portland. So I would say I mean, who mostly doesn't? monogamous. At the airport? <laughs> Dang, that's some game. Some restraint. I, you showed hey, a lot man. of restraint. <laughs> <laughs> what time of day was it? I don't remember. It was kind of like a 13-hour journey. There was a six-hour layover somewhere to protect her privacy. I'll leave it at that. Um, and of course, I like promptly I text my my boyfriend. I was like, I think that the bartender wants to make out with me, and he's like, Go for it. He's <laughs> he um he's practiced in being in relationships with bisexual women. I think only ever has he been in relationships with bisexual women. And he and I both agree on this kind of philosophy that like. If you're bisexual, there's something about the other gender or a, I guess I would be pansexual. Then. But anyway, let's not get into my sexual orientation right now. There's something about the other that maybe one can't fulfill. He knows that my love for women is something that he cannot fulfill as a cisgendered male. Um, and he's more than happy to encourage that and my happiness. So what sorts of agreements do you have then when it comes to finding your sexual fulfillment across the board? I look at my uh, sexuality a lot like I look at traveling. I like to buy the ticket 
but I kind of just let everything feel itself out. We'll, we have like broad borders, I suppose. Right now, he's basically says, I don't mind if you want to do anything with any woman of your choosing. That's fine. And uh, I said the same with you and not see he's not bisexual so the rules don't really it doesn't really rules apply. Is a weird, yeah it doesn't really but we're fine with that I so mean, so you don't have symmetry in your agreement how do you find the balance in your agreement well so we actually haven't been together for a very long time uh probably about nine months and this is the first instance i think of me yes of me participating in so we're really still in the baby steps stage of things um the important thing is that we're very open communicators and we're very respectful of each other and our boundaries i think one of the most important philosophies as someone who has participated in non-monogamy before is really that your partner is your main priority and it's that good giving game you know as long as you're doing constant check-ins and making sure that it feels healthy and right to both of you, I think that's your balance. Yeah. yeah. You, you kind of find balance on the daily, right? Yeah, With, exactly. Uh, you're not having to re-establish or, or create it every day, but it's more about making sure that you're still, you know, on the surfboard, as it were, and like checking the waves and seeing if things are extra choppy or nice and smooth. Scanning for sharks. <laughs> they are out there. Yeah. So question. So you're saying that you're in the uh, like the the infancy phase of your relationship and exploring outside of it. Would you say that as a person who has experienced, you know, ethical non-monogamy in uh in a variety of relationships, would you say that like the first part of the relationship is this honeymoon phase where you just don't find other people attractive? That's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like the conversation when you talk about polyamory or non-monogamy with other people always begins with the beginning of the relationship. People say you have to start your relationship out if you're going to participate in non-monogamy, you have to start it out that way. You both have to agree and you have to be about it so that you can grow around this. And I used to be in that camp, but not so much anymore. I actually think that because of what you said, because of this hymen stage, because you are so incredibly attracted to each other and you got all the dopamine and oxytocin and everything just jumping into your brain and all you want to do is rip the other person's clothes off. You don't even care about, you know, the random hot person walking on the street you'll look, but um, I think it's more important to have your philosophies line up than to necessarily like act something out because you think it's what's supposed to happen. And of course, he and I are open in the future to exploring what that means for us. But as far as right now goes, we just aren't interested, except for that girl at the airport. <laughs> well, I mean, we all know who she is. So, yeah, she's very hot. It's very justified. I mean, the drinks that she serves, damn. I mean, it's so hard to say no. She pours them strong just for that. You know, I that, did right? get free drinks. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I know you did. <laughs> I understand this. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it's, but that's, I love that. You know, it's not about forcing these supposed, again, it's about post label, right? As long as Absolutely. your open communication from the beginning that you're not, that you didn't lie to each other at the beginning, say, oh, no, I would never want to be with anybody else but you when deep down you know that nah, I'm probably going to want some. Forever is a long time. I and, you know, he and I are very serious about each other, even though, you know, we haven't been together for very long. It does seem like one of those situations where we just know. And uh, we're planning for a future together already. So, yeah, it's and part of that is understanding that we are dynamic creatures with ever changing motives and needs and uh, that love should explore and not restrict. Yes. Mm -hmm. Love should 100%. liberate. Liberate. Love should liberate. Love should make you feel real. Love should make you feel more free. Yes. That's actually Absolutely. something I was explaining to a friend of mine, gosh, like a couple of years ago. Freer, stronger, greater. All better. Just better. Or driven better in general. Yeah. Your part that's the word partner. I love the evolution of the word partner mm -hmm. and how it's come to be instead of like 
boyfriend, girlfriend, stuff like that. It sounds so not not inclusive. Yeah, exactly. Partner is like people joke, oh, your business partner? Kind of. Uh, in the business of love. And sometimes, you know, in the business of business, as in your case. Yeah. Um, I call Heather my partner <laughs> in love and crime. And I'm getting t-shirts made that say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love the term partner because I, I feel that if you're going to build a life together, you should be able to depend on the other person and know that you have each other's backs and that you are both working towards the same goals, you know, and, and those goals will evolve, of course, because life and relationships evolve. But it, uh, it's important to know that you can totally depend on each other. Absolutely. And there's this there's this rhetoric a lot that I've experienced with friends, people in my life who don't understand non-monogamy. They say things like, well, oh, no, not my partner. They're very loyal. And that's so offensive to me because I'm very loyal. I'm very loyal to my partner. That's actually one of the most important things in a non-monogamous relationship that you can be is loyal and trustworthy and all of those things. You have to be very communicative and very loyal. But what they mean is they're very monogamous. But the two words should not be confused with each other. I would challenge that it probably doesn't even mean that they're monogamous. It just means that they're making a promise of monogamy. Yeah. I mean, like, there's the book Sex at Dawn that talks about how by make, uh, from an evolutionary standpoint, we are not meant to be monogamous. We're meant to be a tribe of people. And it's very interesting read. I think some of the topics are definitely up for debate, but I mean, are you in that camp? We ourselves? Yes. We are definitely an E&M couple. If I was going to define us in a way that wouldn't raise her eyebrows. um, Labels. Labels and such. (laughs) I would say say that we're majority monogamous. That's um, that's Dan Savage. Uh, He and his partner were, I don't know if they're still together, but he said monogamish. Yeah, Yeah. the monogamish term. I love that. Yeah, that's probably what I would call my partner and I as well. I mean, again, new, but. Yeah, Yeah. we're we're monogamish and, uh, you know, just generally open on, on the, on the gender thing. I mean, I'm, I'm cis dude, you can tell, but uh, I'm also, (laughs) you know, I, I, I'm not particularly self-restricting in the right circumstances with the right persons, you know, and I think uh, the same thing with Heather. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, so I knew, I, I had had a, a previous relationship when I was in my early 20s that, uh, you know, was unhealthy in a lot of ways. But one of the things that really uh, stayed with me, one of the things I kept from it was knowing that um, I ended up cheating on him a couple of times, well, a few times, you know, with, uh, I made out with a girl and I felt terrible about it and tried to share that with him in addition to like just kind of going behind his back and hooking up with a couple of different guys over the years. But it made me... None of them were me, by the way. No, gosh, no. (laughs) I know, I figured that out for some reason. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's not even... It was just an unhealthy relationship for a lot of reasons, but... How did he react to you sharing that information with him about the girl? Uh, he was pretty angry about it. She was a mutual friend. I think, honestly, there was a, a lot more there anyway, because from, like, just being together for a few months, he started accusing me of cheating on him, and, you know, of course I wasn't, because he was the only one I wanted, and there were a lot of other, you know, manipulations and games that went along with that relationship. Turns out, of course, I found out years later, he was cheating on me from the very start. You I know? mean, yeah, like, me thinks thou doth protest too much. A bit much. Yeah. It's yeah. like tends to be one yeah. of those hallmarks of yeah. like you might want to be looking back <laughs> behind the scenes when they're like projecting that much. Yeah. It's projecting. It's projecting for sure. I mean, insecurity comes from like a poor place of self-reflection and not being self-actualized. And if you know you can't trust yourself, then how on earth could this other person be trusted? Because this is just how people are. Yeah. And that I is think incredibly was... frustrating. Yeah, no, I, I think he uh I think he was doing it to throw me off the scent because if he makes me question myself then I'm not going to be looking at like what he's doing classic gaslighting of course yeah like so much gas I didn't know what gaslighting was until a few years ago but I'm like oh my god that was there's a term for it (laughs) oh he was trying to make me feel crazy now I get it all right 
<laughs> but yeah, and so when it came to the mutual female friend who was by uh and she was with uh she was in a a relationship with another female i get the feeling looking in retrospect that they were uh she and my ex had been hooking up on the sly as well okay uh again lots of lots of things but so when marco and i met that's me hi i'm marco Marco. hi (laughs) christine I'd been I'd been out of that relationship for over a year and I'd been, you know, working to uh, live my life like really conscientiously and with integrity and putting into play what I understood to be healthy relationship practices with people that were more casual. And from the very start, Marco and I just had the conversation like, so I don't see myself being in a completely monogamous relationship. That was like our second date. Yeah, ever. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, and I, I, absolutely. I, and I got to say, our first date was awesome. My first date with my current was awesome, too. You go first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we met at the Flaming Lips concert. Uh-huh. And actually, this is going to be Amazing, already. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but we um, we met each other there. We got each other's phone numbers that very it same a, night. a whole like, fucking meet-cute thing. It was yeah. ridiculous. Long story short, Yeah. an hour after the concert was over, we had already gone home to each, you know, to, to our own perspective houses respective houses whatever the right word is and um and boom an hour later we were already back and we went out dancing had tequila had fireworks inducing toe curling sex all night long she ended up missing a breakfast hiking date with another guy just to hang out with me i was late because Uh, we were still up from the night before yeah and uh we've been inseparable ever since but yeah uh our second i have goosebumps right now (laughs) that's amazing it was pretty a, a destined kind of thing yeah no the second date we were all about you know sort of laying it on the table because i kind of figured i mean at least from my perspective it seemed like it was going to be really hard for me to tear myself away from this beautiful lady i mean she's incredibly stunning yes (laughs) yeah it's the softening effect on zoom (laughs) oh what there's an effect I know. <laughs> For me. I, yeah. No. So yeah, we addressed it from the very beginning. We were like, you know, I, I, I think I said something along the lines of uh, I'm not into having a monogamous relationship. I don't believe that that's the way I am wired. I do believe, however, that that's the way some people are wired. Just like some people yep. are good to be vegan and some people are not good to even drink milk. Um, yep. I do think that, you know, romantic psychology is has that much variety. And so a lot of people really are, in my view, wired to be monogamous, but probably not as many as one would think. So this is an interesting thing that you bring up because I have, as someone who writes poetry, I have been self-reflecting my entire life. Um, and... Something that when I try to explain myself uh, as far as not being non-monogamous goes to people who are trying to kind of wrap their minds around it, I say for me, it's a little bit more of like, I feel like it's a little bit more of a sexual orientation than a choice that I'm making because it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like this is how I'm wired. Like you said, it feels the same as being bisexual feels. It feels like, you know, I'm built to experience life in this way. And it's just as respectable and respectful as anything else. The people who are not wired that way, just like people who are like cisgendered, can't really imagine being any other way. Um, You know, it works. It works the same for me. Yeah. And also, my argument is that it's about the combination of persons, because there's some people that will prompt each other on an emotional level to be very monogamous, and some other people that will prompt each other on an emotional level to be very polyamorous. And it all depends on who you're hanging out with at that particular time. You know, you you get together with a person, it's going to be a different emotional response to getting together with a B person. Yes, yep, absolutely. My uh, current partner has a lot of experience with polyamory. And I did get his permission before uh, I did this so that I could tell you guys the story. Oh, yay. Great. He he was married um, for some time with the same woman for 15 years. And they wound up dating, both of them dating um, a woman that he worked with. Uh, so they, all three of them were together and lived together for some time. And um, the women were dating each other. It was just a complete throuple. And it was 
it's so fascinating to hear about. He said there were a lot of really lovely things about it, but also it wasn't sustainable. And I don't think that that's because throuples are not sustainable. I think that that was just the combination of so rare. Yes. Well, I think it's more of a juggling act than mm-hmm. being in a, just a couple. It's time time management. It's so much time management. It's emotional management. It's it's just more of a juggling act, you know? I mean, it doesn't mean that people can't learn to juggle it. It's just, you know, probably not the right starter relationship for most people. You got to learn Absolutely. like with your training wheels first. But It's hard, man. I, I had, at one point, I had three partners and I mean, I had the energy for it. I was, I was a little bit younger. Nice. I was 26. 627 at the time and even then I was just like wow this is a lot of people that I am <laughs> having sex with and dating like this were is... you living with any of them at the time or how no did that... one of them was okay. my ex-boyfriend one of them was a bartender at my work <laughs> we're proud of you so proud <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much and then another was a an old friend. And it was, I mean, I was very open with everyone and everyone was aware of what I was participating in and what I was doing. Um, but it's not just time management. It's also the management of all of their emotions and expectations as well. And especially considering two of them did want me to be exclusive and eventually like, and I, I knew I wasn't going to do that because I was also in love with someone else who wasn't in the country. I mean, like I said, I just buy the ticket and <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of love to give is what you're saying. I got a lot of love to give. I've got a, a big old heart on me, heart, heart, <laughs> etc. cetera. <laughs> And yeah, I just love people and I love love. So I think we interrupted your origin story of your current relationship. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you didn't interrupt. We just got sidetracked. We it's a good sign, finished. I think. We created content. Yes. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> um, so we actually met because we had a mutual friend. We're both from Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and we met in Mexico, in Puerto Vallarta. So we happened to be down there at the same time. And um, our friends messaged both of us respectively and was like you two are basically the same person you should probably meet each other and it was sweet and um we met and i was (laughs) two days after or two hours after i got to puerto verita i severely sprained my ankle um because as you both know, but your listeners might not, the sidewalks in Puerto Vallarta are not the best quality about Puerto Vallarta. I, I would call yeah. them downright treacherous. That's right. Uh, yeah. Love My puppies. ankle agrees. <laughs> love puppies, yeah. just a life hack. Um, Puerto Vallarta is not a skateboarder's dream. Let's just say that. No. You really need no. to be. No, and I rollerbladed, and that was very disappointing to me. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, this no. is a city you bring your snorkeling gear to, not your rollerblades to. that's very true very true um so we met and i was wearing this big boot on my foot and uh i just saw his his face he had his like a fanny pack slung across his his body and he was wearing this like hawaiian shirt and so i thought he was gay um when i met him because I mean, our friend used a term to describe him. He called him a glitter gringo, and it was presumptuous of me. Okay, but I now thought I'm it was... gonna make t-shirts now. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, and like as you both know, also like Puerto Vallarta is a very gay town. That's one of the reasons yes. I wanted to go, mm-hmm. yeah. is because it's a very accepting, open place. Yeah, and it's like I the was queer like, capital of Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the San Francisco of Mexico, is what I say to people. So I thought I was gonna meet this lovely gay man, and. He started telling me about his ex-wife and I was like, oh, he came out later in life. <laughs> and then Sorry. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then he started telling me about his ex-girlfriend and I'm like, oh, he must have come out much later. And then he started talking to me about a date with a woman that he had lined up. And I looked at him and I go, you're not gay? And he goes, what? <laughs> I, was, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I thought glitter gringo see and he's like i'm gonna kill him um (laughs) it's okay it happens to the best of us trust Um, me heather thought i was gay when we first met she thought she had made a new bff i was like (laughs) that's what i thought you know you're picking up on certain cues and it's just 
it's not cut and dried, but yeah, sorry, continue. You know, performing artist, oh. brightly colored t-shirt, you know, not afraid to come up and talk to her, you know, hey, I want a, a sweet drink with lots of sugar and fruit in it, you know, that kind of thing. Actually, I mean, real quick, the the one thing that really like clinched it for me, so we had the, our, our whole meet cute and we'll tell that whole fun story later, but the thing that really clinched it for me was we had our meet cute and then he walked away. Oh my gosh. Right? I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. Do tell me more. I was like, oh, well, he must have been gay then. Because <laughs> he wasn't trying to, like, get my digits. Or, like, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. There is nothing sexier than, like, the appropriate amount of time to, to like, figure out what. It's that air of mystery. It's Do you space. think he even liked me? Was that all in my head? I don't even know. Yeah. Well, that was great. It was great. Uh, on the one part, it's the circus adage of always leave them wanting more. That's the mantra of carnival work. On the other side, it's quite honestly, I wanted Heather to have her own agency if she wanted to continue the conversation, you know? So I walked away because I didn't want to be... you mean you're an actual respectable human being? Like, that's very... Another reason I'm like, he must have been gay. I you know? just didn't want to, like, hover <laughs> over her going, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby, so how about it? You know, like, if she wants to continue talking... She can come over and talk. She's a big girl. That's wow. Yep. Okay. Love it. So she stalked um, so me down. Yeah. It did not. I didn't. She but totally it worked out really me. well. Anyway. Well. <laughs> well, you guys saw each other like an hour later, so I'm pretty sure it worked. Out. It worked out eventually. It did. To be determined. Um, Please go on. To be <laughs> so, Fifteen years um, later, to be determined. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You should never stop dating each other and never take anything for granted or as a uh, certainty. Absolutely. Other than each other's honesty. Um, because then you just end up being stagnant and that's boring. And I don't know if you can tell, I don't like being bored. I'm allergic to it myself. I am too. Um, so yeah, so we met and once we figured out that we were both attracted to each other, I did say I, uh, there were two for one margaritas, uh, on the Melicone and we, uh, went drink for drink with for each other for several hours. Then they were closing and he said, Hey, if you're comfortable with it. And I was like, I would like to go back to your place. We're not going to have sex, but I want this to continue because I'm having a wonderful time talking to you. And he said, okay, yep, absolutely. And before I know it, I'm showing him my butt on the patio. Um, <laughs> Why was your butt on the patio? Face. Didn't you bring it with you? But I did, I did bring it. Yes, that was, I brought it to the patio. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're talking all night. We stayed up all night. We end up having sex and uh we also yeah shared a bunch of our writing because he's an amazing writer as well um we shared a bunch of our writing with each other and he was like i was helping him edit one of his uh works and he was just being very sweet in about my what he called my writing talent we spent the next three months together wow every single day and he only planned on staying here for or there for four days. Um, <laughs> wow! It was pretty amazing. You yeah, it was kind of like our first date lasted for three months. Yeah, it was fantastic. And I think we stayed up for two days in a row as well. <laughs> Just to really get it in all the uh, the, the chemical the sex, rewriting. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Oh. That's, uh, that's awesome. Look, she's getting yeah. a little hot and bothered just thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> You're blushing. <laughs> she's grabbing her hair and like... I know, push. you're starting oh to go all gosh. shampoo commercial. Like a... <laughs> I mean, and we have the same kinks too, so that fits as well. That's um, great, that's great. Yeah. So important. Yay, what are yes. they? I'm a sub and he's definitely a dom. We actually, interestingly enough, there is a test online that we took on a website called Sexual Alpha uh, which I highly suggest. Uh, it is specifically around subdom um, relationships, and it it categorizes what you are and uh, what kind of play you like in a very comprehensive way. Mm. And um, it's we shared the results with each other, and we found them to be very surprising and enlightening. Mm. So if anyone is interested in that, you should just sexualalpha.com sexualalpha yeah i can share the link with you later yeah, for you to great. post if you'd like yeah we'll post it in yeah. the, uh, the show notes as well they're a great uh sex toy um review site as well oh, um, great. awesome so that's beautiful absolutely. no that's a fantastic story thank you for sharing yeah. 
Of wow, course. It makes my heart happy to share it. So Yay. thanks for asking. I, I had a question uh, sure. in regards to your writing. And I know mm -hmm. you've been writing poetry your entire life. How have your relationships influenced your writing? <laughs> it's basically all it's about. I think I've definitely started, when I started traveling, it turned more to that kind of perspective. But it's always been centered around my relationships. And it's my poetry is something that it helps me to get to know myself better. Mm. It's definitely a link to my subconscious it feels like when i do it right when i can actually access my subconscious it feels like i'm dreaming with my hand and then i can look at it afterward and see and inspect myself and it really helps me with my relationships to one sign uh that's a bad sign in relationships with my poetry that i found more often than not is that i will write things and not want to share them with my partner Ooh. And that means bad juju. That's not good. Does it always mean bad juju? Because I tend to consider creative writing within the realm of like what is acceptable for you to keep in your own private life. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Privacy is it's very important. And a lot of people really hold that to be true. They're very private with their journals. I am not one of those people. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a read my journal kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I love sharing my writing with anyone and everyone. I just think it's a really interesting way to get an outsider's perspective on life in general and how I perceive it. And um, so whenever I wouldn't want to share something that I'd written about a partner, it's usually because I'm saying something that I know is going to hurt their feelings mm -hmm. because my feelings toward them are changing in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that happened more years ago when I was someone who participated in unhealthy relationships. Um, <laughs> I've also had abusive ex-boyfriends and people who gaslit me in the past. And, you know, you really if you're afraid to be wholly yourself in front of your partner, that has nothing to do with privacy and everything to do with, I think. It's an interpersonal red flag right there. Yes. It's unhealthy yes. repression. Yes. And no part of you should have to repress yourself for your partner. That goes back to what we were talking about before with the freedom that comes with true love. Mm -hmm. That's how you love forever. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> yeah, tagline. <laughs> yeah, to back. <laughs> Got it. It's great. I had a question about your... Uh, your relationship is he and I know that you are planning like it is your life to be a digital nomad right and mm -hmm. is he going to be joining you on this yes he is yeah yes he is yeah, you're going to South he, America together right uh-huh mm -hmm. and he has already begun the steps to step out of his current position that's limiting for placement and move to something remote and he has moved from his place that was very expensive to a place that is much less expensive to put away money. And he wants this just as bad as I do. And that is something that for me, I always know that because I've chosen to live my life like this, that it would be limiting um, in the pool of partnership. And when I met him, I mean, I watch him glow when he sees new places and it brings a tear to my eye and I can't wait to see all of it with him. That, that way too. So, yeah. Yeah. Heather was just pointing at me. Uh -huh. like, I saw that. Guy. Oh, I saw, I saw the, <laughs> I saw the point. Yeah. That's super exciting. And it, it, and I know there are a lot of people who do solo traveling well and it works for them. Uh, for me, and it sounds as though we have uh, a fair amount in common because I also find a lot of personal development through my relationships it sounds as though that's something that is part of your life. Absolutely. But yes, being able very to... very much so. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't wait to meet you in person. I know. So it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> but traveling with a partner and getting to, you know, support each other and share the experiences with each other. And it, it's just better. I agree. For me. I know. I like solo travel very much for yeah. self-reflection. I mean, I never stop talking. So really the only way to get me to is to put me in a different country where I don't speak the language. Um, I know the feeling. <laughs> and Mexico ain't it because I'm bilingual 100%. <laughs> I'm actually pretty good at Spanish. Not so much at Albanian. So going into that kind of setting was definitely a learning process for me. Um, but uh, but partner traveling when it's with the right person, partner traveling when it's with the wrong person can be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> if 
But when it's with the right person, it's magic. Yeah. I mean, Marco and I, we went on our first trip together like two weeks into our relationship because again it's uh it's it's such a good guide to see whether or not this person's going to be worth spending more time with yeah but that was just san diego no i know it was super tiny it was a little baby steps it was just a little short camping trip you know i had a gig in san diego and she flew down to meet me and then we drove back and um had the most amazing um uh road sex ever but yeah anyway Oh, amazing. Have you ever had sex while the other person was driving the car? That's what I'm talking about in my little convertible BMW. Well, it was wow, that's with amazing. The top down, going like 90 miles an hour through the desert in the middle of the day with like cars around and everything. And I'm just like, I am feeling so porn star right now. It's going to like, <laughs> I'm going to keep her forever. That's fantastic. <laughs> you and I do have a lot in common, Heather. <laughs> Rock and roll, baby. Love it. Like, Love what? it. <laughs> hey, I always say my I have a tagline, which of course I do. But my main goal is like, or my main mantra in life is this is this is the show. We don't get a rehearsal. Indeed. That's how I think we're supposed to live our lives. Mm-hmm. We're protection, but I mean, you know, you know like be sensible so the show about goes it. On longer. Yeah, yeah, but but it's like yeah, in the circus arts, there's padding, safety all over right? the place. Yeah, safety all over the yeah. place. But it's still, still a death. death Defying feet. Yeah. yeah, you're still flying through the air. Indeed. Uh, I-, I wanted to congratulate you actually on your on your recent publishing that you had in Color and Pride competition with oh, your yeah. poem impressions. Is that what you're going to read or, or uh, recite? That's that's not the one. Okay. I can also send you a, the. I have a video that was made of me reading that one too. But um, it would be lovely to see it. So, um, but and it was I beat out like four thousand people, and Hunter S. Thompson's writing assistant was um, one of the judges. Wow! And it was great. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear all about it. So that is uh, when you got the Color Pride competition with your poem impressions, right? That's the one that you're yes. talking about. Mm-hmm. And that poem is about me and my mother and my brother both of whom have passed away but um we were all bisexual me currently but then yes in the past so that's what that's about and i'm pretty proud of it but that's not the one i'm going to share right now this one i wrote when i was 23 and i was blow drying my hair in the bathroom at my mother's house and i had it going through my head for some reason and i shut the bathroom door and locked it and just wrote it out on my phone and i have it memorized now so I'll share it with you. Never ignore the sounds and the patterings of the feats that you must accomplish. Push to penetrate self-doubt. Don't quiet the steps that tiptoe on your tin brain. Allow them to stomp. If you do not listen to the small TikToks or the tiny clicks, they will find their way, just as the man in the floorboards did. You'll be driven to madness by the muffled beating of what could have become. Conduct your sound. Do not be afraid. This is your symphony. Don't let it be like so many that go unheard. Push it out of you in thunderous upheaval and synchronized beauty. Bellow this being out of you when your drums are broken and your cymbals are tarnished. When your audience weeps at your feet where beverages lie, only then do you truly deserve silence. Wow. Lovely. I got chills all the way down the right side and starting on the left side. Just (laughs) serious. Yeah, it's a beautiful poem. It's a fantastic anthem and it's fantastic um, admonition of what to focus one's life efforts on, one's heart's efforts on. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I would love to have you blurb out a little bit of where your writings can be reached online for those who wish to wash themselves in those good vibes. Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on Vocal Creators and uh, the link will be on the show notes, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Vocal Creators, you can, or you can Google my name, Christine Jupp, J-U-P-P, and writer after it. But there will be things that pop up. Um, I'm currently working on a website, so uh, nothing available right now. But I have new friends here with a platform, so I will let everybody know when that's ready to go and when my book is ready to be published. That's fantastic. Wonderful. 
Christine, thank you so much for taking some time Absolutely. out of your day today. It's really sweet to meet you. It's really fantastic to share stories with you. Yep. It's always wonderful to meet kindred spirits such as yourselves. I'm looking forward to more interaction. Dig Likewise. It. I really enjoyed this <laughs> quite a bit. And, uh, you know, have fun in Portland. Have fun with your honey and yeah. your all your other loved ones up there. And come on down. That's right. We'll keep the beach warm and the sidewalks cracked for your return. <laughs> I will try not to lose my tan too much up here. I'll, I'll I feel like it just soon. evaporates as soon as I... <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like it. We'll, just... we'll see. <laughs> fantastic thank you again for your time and have a great afternoon see you soon you as well yep see you soon <laughs> you know things got deep quickly when austin powers was referenced as a model of healthy relationship dynamics that's how we roll and don't forget we got to learn about glitter gringos glitter gringos <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Perfect. Right. <laughs> we are going to have to check out that book, Sex at Dawn. I mean, that's usually way too early for this girl, but it does sound like an interesting read. I love how she recognizes that being ENM is just part of who she is. It's just as much as being bisexual is. Right? I also really appreciate how her partner recognizes that he simply isn't able to fulfill her love of women, and because he wants her to be happy, he supports her finding joy in that way. Even if it means that she regales random bartenders at airports with kisses. Mm, lucky bartenderess. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want that? Uh, but seriously, it all comes down to what she said about true love being a liberation. A liberation. Mm -hmm. And that the only certainty we should count on is each other's honesty. Mm-hmm. Honesty. And to never stop dating each other. Mm -hmm. I can get behind that wisdom. I love it. Well, that's it for our show today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can always reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash howtoloveforever and Instagram at howto2loveforever. We are always looking for your feedback. If you have interesting stories to share or perspectives that you feel the world could benefit from, we would love to hear from you. So please hit us up on the socials. And if you feel that the show we're putting together provides some value, is good for the world, or just plain entertains you, we would love for you to join our community on Patreon. We have a whole range of relationship levels you can choose from, and the more committed you become, the more we're able to share with you. So many good things coming down the pipeline. Speaking of pipeline, join us next week as we talk about dun-dun-dun vulnerability. Vulnerability? I'm so scared. Protect me. <laughs> Teasing, of course. We break down how important it is, and we share some helpful strategies to incorporate healthy vulnerability in your own relationships. It's going to be a super fun and informative show, and as always, we look forward to sharing it with you. So until then, remember, love deep, love hard, love, love forever. forever. So sex at dawn is too early for you, huh? I mean, if we stay up all night. If we stay up all night. We've it, definitely done that. It's happened before. Hey, we've done sex at noon <laughs> after staying up all night. <laughs> I think 9 a.m. might have been the latest. <laughs> yeah. That's where we started. Oh, ended well. at noon. <laughs> so I want to go to Antarctica. I hear the penguins are really sexy this time of year. Well, I mean, they're always dressed up, black tie, right? I know. They're <laughs> formal penguins. <laughs> so have you ever seen an informal penguin, like a casual Friday penguin? It's not really their shape.